Stand up and get ready to take a blow. You have the confidence that you can accept the blow. As a point of interest, none of my men wear protection in the None. After all, you wouldn't want your attacker to get injured. That hurt my foot. And there we go. We are live, uh, uh, folks. We are live, internets. Welcome to Big D After Dark. I'm your host, Nathan Hill, at Nathan J. Hill. Uh, you can follow me there on Twitter. Also a contributor on BigDSoccer.com. And we're here to talk about FC Dallas. Of course, you can also subscribe to the audio version wherever you find podcasts and catch up if you miss out on the live show. But we love the live show so that you can... Um, you know, post your comments, your questions. They show up here and we can use them. We can They can shape the show if you have a burning question as we get to FC Dallas action, North Texas SC action, and kind of catch every, everybody up on uh, kind of where we are. So tonight, welcomed. Uh, Tommy is, is, is out. He's a little rest night, which we understand. But we also have Ish, Ishmael back with us at Belcora Ishma on Twitter. Please follow him. And our buddy Jose there at El Chico Carmona. And What's up, uh, everybody? Yeah, yeah, we have a lot to get to. A new signing. We won't maybe won't start there quite yet, but a week where FC Dallas went to the Pacific Northwest, two games on the road, and came back with a point. There's a lot of different yep. ways we can take this, depending on our perspective. I I, I wouldn't have mind Tommy being here tonight because he would have brought a little bit of his uh, his high expectations, which are fine for <laughs> if you're does. an FC Dallas fan, have high expectations. Um. Uh, but Portland and Seattle away games have always been a tough place to play for any team in this league, especially for FC Dallas. Uh, so anytime you can pick up a point there, you you take it. You take it in the course of a season. But with that said, I think we can probably all agree that FC Dallas looked the better squad over 180 minutes plus, plus like. How much Frustratingly so, yes. Yeah, like we generated more chances, more opportunity, looked more confident, um, and just didn't, you know, just didn't get the job done. Getting didn't get the ball in the goal. So let's let's just start with our feedback, our our response to the action this week. Um, Ishmael, we'll start with you. How about oh. I go? Okay. He's, yeah, you're, you're muted. muted. You're, you're muted. Let me see. I, I might be able to change that. Go ahead. Go ahead, Jose. Well, I mean, I think, you know, considering that the team traveled to Seattle and traveled to Portland, uh, it's a frustrating for the fan base to see them perform in a way where you swear they could have gotten more points out of both of those games. So on one end, honestly, getting a point on the road, in, in Cascadia 
that's a good trip. I mean, usually, usually historically, we travel down there and, and get our butts handed to us or manhandled. And with two games like that back-to-back, to have them both go there and really, I mean, I thought we are a better team than Seattle too, by the way. It, it, it's just frustrating on one end. But on the other end, it shows the growth this team has had on, on, the, on the road where we can watch the team go on the road and then be frustrated because they didn't walk out there with three points because they, they're playing well on the road. I, I swear they play better on the road than they do at home, which is hard for me to say. But, mm. but I would say that both those teams were lucky to walk. Seattle was lucky to walk out of there with three points. That should have been a draw. And Portland's lucky to have walked out of there with anything at all because of that. Honestly, that defense was stellar other than, than a couple of co- hiccups and, and you know, two PKs. And I'm still not happy about the Portland PK. But if the Portland PK doesn't happen, does FC Dallas go all out for that last, you know, to try to get that last that draw? I don't right. think so. So I think we're looking at – if that they don't get that peak, we're looking at a zero-zero draw, and we're all frustrated. Instead, we get a one-one draw, and we're all elated. So, so I think one point from the Seattle-Portland trip and the way they performed overall, I'll take it. I think I think it's a good trip. It's not a great trip, but I'm okay with it. Get Ishmael back in here. Oh, we can hear you now. All right. Top three in the West, baby. Top three. Top three. I mean, it it is something. I mean, Ishmael, that's what I take away. Like, just very briefly pre pre show, but just the you give up two goals on the road this week across two matches, Um, and and when they're both PKs, they're not run of play goals. They're not these galazos. They're not just like your team getting beat down. They're like just mistakes. Player yeah. mistakes, right? And so there's something to take from that. Like, if this team can get can keep can get stingy again, it could be an interesting next few weeks, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it's telling that we are in third place after having a pretty poor, I would say, two road games. I mean, like not poor in how we played, maybe, but poor in the results that just tells you how tight it is in the West. And I think when you're looking at a game like Seattle, I think that game you can take less out of because of the fact that you're dealing with a lot of, you were dealing with a lot of injuries and like we're like, it's a mid game week and you're looking at Portland as I think even though Seattle is lower than Portland, you're looking at Portland maybe as the more um, interesting choice. Like at that point they were lower. Um, yeah, I think I don't know. It's a weird week because Jose said in the last pod, if we get two points, it's a good week. We got one point, and I still think it's fine. But the issue persists about inconsistency and how we come in week in and week out. And if injuries like Faku's and Pax's continue, then there's a serious concern for inconsistency at a time that it, we really can't take. Um, wins and losses like week in, week out when you have six or seven teams just right at our tail. Like we are six points from 11th place or 10th place, something like that. That's 
extremely tight, and we still have a couple of games left in the season. It, it's like in ten, and for us, it's nine games. But for most of the league, it's ten games. A lot can happen in that time period. Yeah. It, it's it's True. not unlikely that Vancouver, who just had a bunch of signings come in, just start rocketing up the standings. What's up, Johnny? Yeah, there's what's up, Johnny? Yeah, there, there, I mean, there's a lot of ways this can go. This season can go, and I think we're, I think what's over holding our breath. On the other hand, I, I would say like, it hopefully when we look back at the season, FC Dallas started out, and the defense was sort of the most consistent aspect of the play. The offense started then to got get into its groove. We hit the the rough patch, and a lot of that was. Uh, you know, bad defense, um, you know, just injuries, inconsistency led to some really heartbreaking loss points late, especially. Um, and if, and if the, if the defense can get back into form a bit, if guys can settle down, of course, after this Portland game where both Jose Martinez came off and Farfan came off, like you kind of, it just opens the door to all these questions about injuries and stuff. You know, if the team can get healthy defensively and play like that, we could be a great we, – we could really get in a good run down the stretch. Still got to yeah. take our chances. But it's just a yeah, lot of what-ifs, though. That's the main issue I see right now. Like, we have a lot of defensive inconsistencies, but at least um, at least it's been shored up for the most part. Like, the inconsistencies right now are coming from injuries. Um the main one being Jose Martinez from fitness and Michael Farfan from just being unlucky in the last couple of games. Um, but my main worry is that the attack has dried up. Like we, we weren't really expecting much from Velasco. He hasn't proved the way that he's interacting with the team, but it's still not going to be a stats game for him this, this season. But Ari- um, Ariola has dried up and Jesus has dried up like significantly. And when that's who we're relying on for the majority of the season, they have both of them, I believe, 21 goals together. And we have 34 goals this season. That's, that's a good chunk of our scoring prowess drying up. Um, maybe it's, it's, not, it's a slump. It's not a complete rut where they're not scoring at all. Like, they are scoring here and there. Jesus does an insane free kick. Ariola gets a rebound in Austin. Like, that, like they are scoring, but it's not the rate that they were, and that's what we were relying on. Um, hopefully they come back from the All-Star game and just take some um, lessons from Vasquez and other players. I don't know. But I think if we're going to have defensive inconsistencies throughout the season because we know Martinez has issues – Far from getting hit twice now, pretty bad. It's not a great sign that he's going to go 100% through the rest of the season. Hopefully he does, but that's slightly unlikely. Hedges has had his issues, and Tomasi is really good, but he has his limits. So we're not going to be super consistent in the defense. The attack is what we were relying on. If that's also inconsistent, and if we have these injuries in the midfield, there's a serious concern. That's that's an actual issue. 
overly too pessimistic for me there ismail yeah, i mean right. let's, let's let's point out let's point out the addition of legit to the midfield which strengthens the midfield and and adds another difference maker i mean i i don't i, I know it has he has to just his detractors people that that piss and piss on him or whatnot for you know usually usmt fans but let's face it for dallas to get a player of that type at this point in the season, that's a big win, and and pushes. You know, we had the rotating window, uh, re- revolving door of Siki and Cervania. Now you can say they're backups. They're no longer part of the of the rotating door. I'm not saying they're not going to get starts. I'm just not saying. I'm just saying they're not going to alternate starts like they've been doing. That gets brought in. He will be a starter next to Paxton, and now we just got to figure out if it's going to be surreal. Uh, uh, or uh, well, Kenyon is injured, so it's surreal for now. But let's face it, that does solve to some extent one of our biggest weaknesses, and that is that midfield rotation. Solidifying that rotation, having a veteran presence there, will make it so that the team, you know, it has some teams that have just kind of rolled over our midfield. That should strengthen the team, and hopefully hopefully be that missing link where we get that solidification between the attack and the defense. And, and it gives some hope. Like you said, we still, yes, we have to worry about the injuries because, because of the lack of overall team depth is still there. But I want to say, I want to do a little shout out to uh, Tafari and Nanu who both came in and did their jobs. I'm not saying that they were spectacular or anything, but they were asked to come in, hold the line and they did their jobs and if it wasn't for that bs pk you know it it, it would have at least been a clean a clean sheet so um i think nano yes uh i think you have to look at what we're paying him and say okay he's been a disappointment but he can still be productive for this team he's he's a player that can give you minutes and i think he can fill in for Farfan, he won't misplace him. He won't replace him, and 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 of course we're going to lose some of that defensive uh, uh, defensive uh, stoutness that Farfan provides. So there will be some hairy moments on that end. I don't doubt that. But I think as far as a guy who's going to be asked to come in and start, be a spot starter, and give you significant minutes off the bench, I think Tafari and Nanu are starting now that they're getting regular minutes are starting to show that they can produce there. And that gives me some hope that we will survive the backline injuries. Okay. Okay. Well, let's, let's get to Sebastian, uh, an exciting trade within the league. Um, kind of, kind of out of nowhere. We didn't expect this. Per se. Not the FCD type yeah. trade. I mean, and not, yet not what they're known for helpful for a team that's experiencing some injury issues and just needs perhaps a veteran presence to help close out games, to help push games. Let's hear what Nico uh, responded in a question in the post game after the Portland match about what Sebastian brings to the squad. Uh, Sebastian, uh, first of all, he's a, a great human being. Uh, he's going to fit to our, our group of players and our locker room really well. Um, and uh, this is one uh, one thing that is important also for us uh, building building the culture that we want to build here in FC Dallas. And uh, he uh, he's gonna give us uh, 
as I said, like a experience in the league, international experience with the national team, playing big games uh, with a lot of pressure. And I think this is important to have players that can hold that, that pressure on. And he's a player that is going to help us to, to do that. And he's also going to provide that quality in the last third. I think he's really good at arriving to the penalty box. He can score goals. He also is really good assisting. Um, he can manage both legs. Um, he can do some some individual plays uh, that uh, has his special talent that can help us. And it's something that we we needed to add uh, because uh, we were depending too much on the goals with Paul and Jesus and the forwards. And it's someone to add from the second line, the midfield line that can uh, contribute us with with goals. Um, also, he, he works really hard. Uh, he's a, a great professional. He leads by example, and, uh, and it's going to help uh, the young players to see uh, why he had, he's having the career that he's having and why he's, he's having the success that he's having as a player. And also, he married, like, I guess, I guess he's married. I haven't looked up his relationship status, but like a famous person, right? A famous singer or whatever. Uh, Becky G. Becky G. I don't know. I don't know who Becky G is. I'm an old guy. I don't know if she is, but I know she's got, uh, you know, like <laughs> bazillion more followers than FCD does. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but anyway, and was having a concert in Dallas actually. But uh, Sebastian, quite a, uh, an interesting signing, definitely along the lines of Paul Ariola, um, and uh, I think I think a solid pickup if, if, and a sign that maybe this team is uh, looking to push to hold down that spot because at the very least what Sebastian brings, he can certainly score. He can be a great offensive weapon. Um, but he also brings that veteran experience, which can be helpful. Even if you bring him off the bench to help close out games, to make those better decisions, to slow down games, uh, then maybe that Cervania and Cerillo aren't quite there yet, although they're getting there. And especially with, with, our injuries that we're dealing with a great, a great help. And I think he was solid in his debut. He was, he was solid. You know, he didn't make any big mistakes. He, you know, handled the ball well, but it'll be interesting to see if he can grow and click more with some of the players and maybe help unlock some more dangerous opportunities. Ishmael, how would you, you know, how, how are you grading this, uh, this trade? I mean, I think it's a great trade, especially looking at the assets that we have in the, that are available in the league. When you have the revs stockpiling the midfield and playing him on the wing, you know that he's a he was probably a possible player that we could sign. And knowing McQuarrie um, Torina that Legit was pushing for this trade for a couple of days, meaning that he wants to be here, that he's interested in the project. That's also um, really rewarding to know as a fan. I think with Legit. Um, the good thing about him is he'll, he'll get goals, he'll get assists, but the main thing is that he'll be consistent. I think most of the games that you'll see from him, may, he'll, he'll probably play better than he did on Saturday, but it'll be around that level. It's not going to be breaking um, the game up completely like a Paxton could do or a Jesus could do, but it'll be he's consistent, he doesn't make mistakes, he... Once he also solidifies himself more with the team, he'll be able to um, interact with the players more passing-wise, moving, like helping with spacing. I think with Legets, 
I'll be really interested to see what he does with Pax because um, him pushing up and Legit pushing up might give Paxson more free reign where here in the league he's been a player that's really been targeted, not like for fouls and stuff, but he has a lot of pressure on him during games because it's Paxson and players and teams know what he can do. So now with two midfield options that can do almost the same thing, it's a really good weapon for FC Dallas. And I think um, his longevity with this team is also based off of how well he plays because it's almost, it's also not that FC Dallas is stuck with a massive contract. He was traded to the Revs on a contract that was already with the Galaxy. I don't know. We don't know the length, but it probably isn't more than two more years. And he's only 30. So it's not that he's at, at the end of his career. He is still in his prime Um I think he'll be a good role model to the other midfielders, especially a player like Siki, who we want to develop as quick as possible because he's 24 and he has a um, little room for development, but not that much. So I think it's a very good signing. It's one that would push us to the playoffs if we don't have that many injuries. But it's going to be a fun signing, I think. I think he'll be successful. Uh, and I agree. I, I think he brings stability, stability, stability. I mean, he doesn't have the recklessness that Cervadia has displayed of recently, and he has more consistency than than Siki, who does great, but also has you know the expected mistakes that you can expect from from someone who's playing his first professional season. So it, it gives you that that veteran presence and another vocal leader and and hopefully adds to that fortitude that this team has begun to show on the road. Because let's face it, their decision to, to play uh, bunker down defense from time to time, you know, especially in, in those recent games where they took a lead, you got to admit, you got to have, you know, you got your nerves got to be through the roofs. You got to play it perfectly knowing that you're under siege and having another player, another veteran player out there. That's, a significantly big deal for this team, and and uh, someone wants somebody. Uh, some USMT fans were saying that you know, FC Dallas is the new USMT uh, uh, graveyard. No, no, baby, it's it's the Lazarus pits. You know, <laughs> you know, you bringing them back to life, the, bringing yeah. them back to life, and then they come back and terrorize you on the USMT roster from Dallas. So that's what that is, and. Good you gotta love it. You gotta love it. Uh, honestly, like I said, it gives us hope. I'm not saying we don't know how it's gonna turn out. You know, uh, his stats aren't really all that better than Cervinia. I mean, Cervinia had two has two goals, three assists in the year. Legit has uh, Legit has two goals, four assists, but he has only one card the whole season, one yellow card for the entire season, and and that's what you want. That's mm. what you want. Yeah, I think. I think with Legit, what's also interesting is that he improves Thanks, everyone Johnny. else. He improves everyone else. Like yes. we talk about players having a limit to how much they can do. Um, Tumasi and Ariola um, both have limits. I think like they are a specific kind of player, and they will they can excel at it. Well, did I just can... hear Tumasi criticism from? <laughs> yeah, I was criticizing him earlier. I was criticizing him earlier. 
without without Nanu really competing with him on the right side anymore, I'm like I can go back down to earth. Once Nanu starts playing again <laughs> on the right, okay, I'll be on Tomasi train. But like then he gets Air, all um, defensive le- about it. <laughs> yeah, Legit raises their 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 abilities. I think. Uh, I think his best attribute besides his stability is again how he plays with other players. Like he will basically be there for everyone else on the team, um, especially on that side that he plays on. So I, I I hope he brings back the consistency. That's the main thing, Like especially looking at how we've been playing. A player like him can really elevate the rest of the team's play and make them like just perform at a higher level. So it will be interesting, especially with a team like San Jose next week. I know we'll talk about it more. Um, where you should be winning this game, no matter how good players like Abobasi are or K, or K. Cowell or whatever, this is a game you need to win. And like FC Dallas sometimes has been kind of inconsistent, especially as of late against teams that they need to be beating. So that's where Legit comes in and just snaps everyone back to life and makes sure we are playing at the level that we need to to get three points in a game like that. What well, what what Ishmael is saying, and, and I want to clarify because we've said this in the past, is that FC Dallas plays down to or up to the level of their opponents, and they struggle with teams that they shouldn't struggle with, and and play well against teams they should be playing well with. They they, they you shouldn't you should have a consistent level, and FC Dallas we've seen have played some teams that that we thought that they should just beat, and and just struggled mightily. And that's that lack of leadership, that lack of stability that hopefully uh, Legit adds to this team. And well, it, something it, I always learn something on the uh, on our podcast and our conversation. Like I did not know that Siki was twenty four years old. I thought he was much younger. <laughs> so that's that's fascinating to me. That kind of changes the perspective. But I have we have I think he's been a fan favorite this year. He has been the. Uh, the Timo Pitter of, of, of our current year <laughs> that people love why he brings his energy and stuff. But, um, and, and some of it just hasn't translated quite yet and it'll take time for it to translate, you know, for, for a young, for a guy like that. He's, I guess he's, he's young in relation to MLS as far as he's a rookie, you know, he's, he's learning the league and people, every game provides more data for other teams to learn about him and to try to shut him down. Uh, but he can bring such good energy and, and skill to the field. It'll be fun to see him grow. But, like, I didn't realize he was already, uh, you know, close to his mid-20s. So that'll be Siki, interesting to see. Siki with his energy and his fear, uh, fearlessness on the dribble and his penchant to, 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 you know, make mistakes. But also, he's basically chaos personified on the field. It, it, it's... It's if we can find a way to control the kind of chaos that he brings on the field. This is he'll be a great asset off off the bench. You know when when you're when you need that spark. You know when you're like, hey, the team isn't fighting. Okay, bring in Siki and unleash him. That's what the team needs to do. They need to harness that chaos that he brings because he is his 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 energy. He's everywhere. Yeah. Sometimes you know not where he's supposed to be. But like I said, that's just will come with experience. And and I hope Nico encourages him to basically finds a way to hone that chaos that he brings because that's that's why we all like him because you see him on the field and you just see him working his butt off and and maybe we don't notice some of the mistakes he does because he makes up for them through sheer you know uh relentlessness out there 
Well, this this uh, comment from uh, from Arhun or Arjun, I have been noticing that we're scared of taking shots of slightly outside the box. Keep trying to lob it up for headers, but every attacker short. Uh, what do we keep doing it? And you know, I, I do think that some of the frustration sometimes is like waiting for the perfect, the perfect opportunity on goal, which is beautiful if you're a great team, one of the top Premier League teams, whatever. Uh, if you're Bayern, you know, waiting for that correct spot. FC Dallas, do we have that kind of level? Maybe not. Um, but um, I, I do think that's what Nico wants them to do. He wants them to be patient on the ball and to to, to manipulate defense to create those opportunities and, and wait and have patience for that right opportunity. Because that right opportunity may, may be one more pass away. The downside is um, if you're always waiting for that opportunity and you never actually take the shot, it's, it's pretty awful soccer to watch you know well i mean to be fair i think that when fc dallas executes that well um they win and when they don't execute very well they genuinely they generally draw when we start start taking shots from all over all over the field is the games we've lost look at nycfc look at the last seattle game where we had more shots uh, I think this is just when we actually, if you look at the actual games that we've been playing, when they di- when they dilate from the style that they've basically strengthened over the course of the season, that's the bread and butter of the team. And sometimes they have to go differently because, like in the Seattle game, like we've been saying, you have players like Siki who are out, Faku, um, and then they ha- end up just shooting from everywhere and getting 15 shots and only three of them were on target. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're going to get frustrating games like the ones in Portland, especially when the attack is uh, not playing at the level that they should be. But that's that's the way to win with the players that we have right now, especially the way that the team is built currently. You are not you don't want Jesus shooting from 30 yards out because he will not score those. That's not Jesus. You don't want Ariola shooting from 30 yards out or 25. He will not score from there either, generally. It's most of the time they have to get close to goal. Those are the kinds of players that they are. Like they can they can score a worldie here and there. That's not the style of this team. So I don't know. I think that's that's weird to expect from this team. I don't think that they'll I think when they've tried it it hasn't worked, especially this season. Mm-hmm. And to the question about, you know, why do they keep lobbing it up in there into the box when we don't have top players? This is a short team, but I think you can still do it with short teams, but then it becomes dependent on them being able to control the ball, you know, catching it with their body and controlling it, and then maybe having to make that extra pass. That's where it really hurts this team is sometimes there's nobody to make a pass to, or the the touch is too heavy, especially in the box where it's so, so crowded it's such a racer thin margin of error. So, so they can still do it, but the margin of error is far, far less than if you had a taller team where, you know, headers or, or, or just sheer, you know, uh, uh, route one type place can be employed. Um, I think that's the difference. You still keep doing it. You just, you just have to be better on your, on your control of the ball. And it's a sign too. I think that like teams are marking Jesus, like they're trying to figure out how to limit his opportunities. 
And one of the ways you do that is you body him and you push, try to push him around and push him into places he doesn't want to be. And so sometimes that creates opportunities to try to, he can might slip a defender and get in the ball and get in over top and create an opportunity. So, it, you know, what, the big takeaway from these past two games against Seattle and Portland was that there were, there were more points to be had. And if Dallas could have just been more clinical, um, it could have been an amazing week for, for Dallas. It could have been a huge week for them. But it's also just really hard. I mean, it's just, it's, I'd love FC Dallas to blow out every team 5 nothing, But that's just not the league. It's not the talent. It's not the roster. It's really capable to do that. So I think, I think uh, um, you hope the team gets going, gets streaky again, gets hot again in the right time. Um, and that the defense also, you know, you know, matches that. Um, I think that's yeah. our hope down the stretch, right? I just want to add. I just want to add that if Dallas could just take care uh, of business at home, down the stretch, we'll be fine because their their playing on the on the road has been the best I remember seeing as as an FC Dallas fan, and 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 that's dating back to when Poppy first took over. I can't recall us ever being so consistently uh, uh, playing well on the road, game in and game out, and and that gives me hope that if they, this team can just get take care of business at home, we'll, we should be a playoff team. We should be, yeah. and 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 not just a sneak in. We should be a a playoff team that has is you know the margin because all teams are so close. It's gonna be a lot of teams vying for that that last that that last home you know uh, host a home match. It's gonna be quite interesting because that's how close the West is. But FC Dallas, as long as they take care of business and in their home matches, should be in that conversation. Of yeah. course, provided we stay healthy. Don't yeah, get and I think them. I think with this team, we're fine with the the two road games. I think, but looking at the incoming schedule with us at 36 points. If you beat San Jose, Salt Lake, um, SKC, and maybe San Jose away without considering any draws, um, that's 12 points. And 48 points most times in this league's history has been enough to make the playoffs. So if you look at the schedule that we have, it's not an easy one. And we're having a lot of six-point games, but these are this is possible. It's in our grasp. Um, that's the reason why, again, games like the Seattle and Portland game make me slightly nervous. Where we, I think we could have gotten more out of both of those games, is that again we play at the level of our teams. And so, but I also want to point we, out. Yeah. But I also want to point out, how, uh, I forgot who who set it up here. Uh, let's not forget that a lot of results also went FC Dallas way. And and sometimes you need that. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. And if you can just stay in there, get a point here, get a point there, and have results around the league go your way, let's face it, FC Dallas is in third place because a lot of results, not one, not two, but a lot of results went their way. And, and, and you know, it, yeah, if that I continues, think, it, it can't continue, but yeah. so far that has happened a lot this season. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I think especially as we're going into this last game stretch, you really can't and shouldn't rely on that. And, Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, That's why I, I'm I saying the home matches yeah. 
have to you got to bring on the bacon yeah. at i home. think the team yeah, i think the team has gotten that's why we say we're kind of surprised we're in third because all during this league the, this this year we've gotten somewhat lucky and that's that's fine it's not fault of anybody that's good for us but now in this home stretch when we have games like san jose that's a must win it's doesn't matter if the game goes your games go your way especially when you're looking at two final games in skc and colorado which are not going to be easy considering how we've played against these opponents before this kind of game that's coming up next weekend is critical and anything less than a win genuinely concerns me not because of the result but because of the form going into the rest of the season when you lose to the second worst team in the west it's and, it's critical and this is the time of the year where you need to start putting it all together and 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 showing that you're building towards that playoff uh performance mm-hmm. so i agree with ishmael it's very critical we we need to get three points out of this and and build on it and, the, and they hit right away after this uh, game on Saturday, so a week to kind of rest up a little bit. They have another three-game week, essentially, a Saturday, Wednesday, Sunday, two of which are home, and then Sunday at Nashville. So those will be some pretty crucial matches. Uh, in Nashville, there are points to be had there. Nashville has not been the defensive stalwart that they once were, uh, so there's certainly points to be had there. So, you know, I think FC Dallas should go into these games trying to get the maximum points and solidify their standing i mean it's, it's gonna be exciting it's just gonna be exciting it's major league soccer it's exciting oh and, and by the way all-star week um and of course congratulations to jesus and paul for making the all-star team and uh we'll be excited to i don't you know sometimes don't, don't get know. injured yeah just don't, don't get, get injured. injured that's don't the goal <laughs> enjoy yourself have a good time but you know, I, I I don't even know if I'll watch the All Star thing. Yeah, I, just, I don't care if you play like crap on a massive stage. Don't get injured. Yeah. Yeah. yeah don't get, get injured. Don't 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 ruin your form. Let's uh, before we close out the show tonight, um, let's let's talk about North Texas SC. Uh, also had a big match this weekend as they traveled to Portland Portland Timbers two. And um, this was your quintessential frustrating match for North Texas soccer fans, I think. You saw uh, in a 2-2 draw where really North Texas was up 2-0 and then gave up two goals for a draw and then lost the penalty shootout. Um, This is a young team. It's a young and raw team. And I had not heard in the postgame – I was going to have the clip, but there were some technical issues with it. Uh, Coach Kaw was as livid as I had ever seen him. He is such a positive guy. Even when his guys struggle, he's just like, they're learning, they're growing. But he was clear that there were some players in North Texas, if their vision was to compete at the highest levels, that they needed to take a hard look in the mirror. Um, Their concentration, their positioning, locking in their awareness – their presence, what they bring out to the field. Um, Cause maybe this was a s- situation where the team was like, uh, we got two nothing. Portland is going to lay, you know, lay down and let us just roll out the game. And, and the Timbers uh, were hungry and they fought hard and they made it a tough match. And, um, and, and they came away with a, a, a draw and, and then the penalty shootout. So de- definitely a tough match for North Texas. 
Uh, Jose, did you watch the match, and what were your takeaways? I, I watched portions of it. I didn't watch the whole thing. But I have to say that uh, Coach Kyle has a right to be livid because a win by North Texas would have put him clear of the fifth-place team by six points. Six points. There's a massive gap between the first four teams and the rest of the league, and and, and North Texas needed that cushion there. They didn't get it against the worst team in the West. This is a team that they had, they, they should have gotten three points from against. And they, and the fact they failed that, and then they failed to not get the two points. He's got to be absolutely livid with that. Uh, I want to say, say, I've been saying that the North Texas is a playoff team. Yes, they are going to be a playoff team. Here's the problem with being a playoff team. Only four teams get in and North Texas for as good as they've been have yet to defeat the three teams ahead of them, St. Louis, Houston, and uh, the uh, uh, Tacoma team. Tacoma. So, nice. so the fact that they're they're dropping points as we as we go into second half, I don't doubt they'll get the playoffs. But they want to be hosting one of those games. They don't want to be traveling to any of these teams. And and in all honesty. Uh, it hurts. That's I. I think absolutely he's right. That that that's a team that they, there's no excuse for them not to get three points against. And and uh, the fact that the teams ahead of them also all won. St. Louis won, Houston won, Tacoma won. They all won impressively. It, it hurts North Texas, and and uh, it basically there's the big four, but maybe it's the big three. And North Texas is trying to figure out whether it's one of the big four or it's in in with the rest of the pack. Mm. Well, another nugget about this match was that Thomas Roberts was a sub, came in and played. Uh, and interesting. Was part, was part of that collapse, by the way. Yeah. Although Coach Call did say that he thought Roberts played decently. Um, and I, and I, don't, I don't know that yeah, Roberts was directly responsible for the collapse. I think he came no, out and played. But, no, he's but, not. But yeah, he, but... He it was interesting because this is a guy who, you know, uh, really needs to get some confidence going if he wants to contribute with the senior team. And so kind of a surprise. I think I think we're starting to see that, that Roberts probably doesn't have a future with North Texas. I mean, we have to – with, with uh, FC Dallas, he's too good to be playing at North Texas. He's not good enough to be playing with FC Dallas. And And – Honestly, I, I I have to say that I think we're seeing it where where he's simply going to be another Aaron Guise, another guy that that had a lot of talent who simply does not fit into the team. They can't find a spot for him, or he can't beat out people in front of him for whatever reasons. I don't know. I think we all know he's ex- extremely talented, but here's another guy who I think is going to be uh, going away. Uh, and and I hope that they loan him out, and I hope he makes it with the team. But at the same time, I think at some point you you're gonna loan him and 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 put a buy clause, or you're just gonna let him write out his his contract. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, not definitely not what we expected, but kind of a surprise on the on the lineup. But on the other hand, if he's getting some minutes, and maybe he'll contribute later in the season. Trust Dallas. Good, good for him. But. Yeah, I mean, I think Jose. I think I, we are put, seeing the. And and the sad thing is, is is I think he's a player who, who very likely we all think once he is done with Dallas will thrive somewhere else, you know, provided he goes to the right team, 
So that's what's frustrating is we all know he's a talented player, talented player, but for whatever reason, Dallas hasn't figured out a way to use him or he's not fitting in. I, I, I We don't know. We don't know what the deal is, but I, I think he's a player that we all thought would at least be able to give minutes of some quality minutes and, and he's not think, even sniffing. I think with Roberts specifically is that as you see him play, especially right now only with North Texas, and that's the only baseline we have right now, is that he's a player that really needs the freedom of responsibility on the field. I think that's a good way to characterize it. Mm-hmm. And there is no way on earth that that option is possible in the midfield that that Nico's trying to build. It's every single midfielder, every single player, in fact, has a responsibility both in the attack and the offense. That's how Nico wants this team to play. That's how it does when it's playing perfectly. And Roberts has improved what well he had improved this is of course a one-off game that we can't really take off take too much from and the skc open cup game was also something you couldn't really take too much from but he had improved before he'd gone off to austria when he was playing with north texas you saw him taking a little bit more responsibility um especially on the defensive side he started to play a little bit tougher but it's just it it was from a level of zero to like twenty percent of what it needed to be, and there are teams where that kind of free eight role, as it's called, like extremely free eight role, has a has a place in the team. But I don't think Nico's team will ever have that. There's there's there needs to be a defensive mid, a workhorse, a, a deep lying passer a, that can also push up you. You, you can't have just a player that sits there waiting for the ball to come, moving slightly around in space. That's what kind of player Roberts is. It's not a bad thing. It's actually kind of what Arangiz did as we were talking about the Arangiz um, comparison. It's actually almost a like-for-like like except Roberts plays deeper, and that actually makes it even more difficult because attacking mid, you can almost justify it, and eight, you really can't. So... Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that Roberts is probably done, um, and his contract does end at the end of the year. It was extended when he went to Austria, and it's going to end at the end at the end of this year. Um, it would be extremely surprising if his contract was picked up. It yeah. really would. Agreed. Agreed. <sighs> well, there's there. We know this is going to happen. That not everybody who comes out of the academy, even those those who are highly touted, will you know, make their mark. It's, it's, uh, it's a cruel sport. It's a tough business. Like pickering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I want to, I want to say that, that uh, we didn't bring up the fact that Dallas made the trade for the allocation order and got some gam out of that. And I find that curious that they would do that is, does that, I, it makes me wonder if there's, they're going to add another player, maybe from, you know, the free agency ranks with that gam because why would you why would you trade trade well, that allocation order for gam that you're not going to use and really it's a lesser amount that we've seen that position go for mm-hmm. which makes so me think, think the, that they need the, it yeah i think the number 
was weird, but I think the trade made sense when you consider that FC Dallas also wanted to go for Larea, but wasn't able to free up the cap space. That was the main issue. And it ended no, I up being that. Huh? I understand that, but if you can't get him, then why would you give up that allocation order? It might have been. It might have been that that's the guys, best. Really. I don't know. It might have been that that's the best money that you could have gotten because I don't. It's possible that we the the level of pricing for the dumb things in MLS will always fluctuate. Um, and I also think that there's always an unknown league pressure that exists when you want to bring back a player that plays for a national team that is local and you want him to do well. There's there's always those kinds of internal pressures that exist, I think. That's conspiracy theorist kind of thinking, well, but it is possible. No, what, what, I'm saying, what I'm saying is I'm wondering if they're going to add like an emergency body, you know, if they need that money to sign, say, uh, you know, 32 year old MLS veteran at a spot of need that, that they, that can perform in an emergency situation. We've seen them do that before uh, in the past where they brought in players that never saw the field, but you know, were MLS veterans. They signed you mean in Eric Alexander, yeah. someone like that. Yeah. And I'm just yeah. saying, I'm just saying, I'm wondering if that's what that deals for is, Hey, if we, we, our depth issues are, are well known. So wouldn't it be smart to bring in a a veteran like that to fill out one of the many open roster spots and say, hey, if we're going to be, you know, racer uh, thin on on the bench, and we got to put somebody in there, we can at least put in a veteran that's going to give us some minutes. So I'm wondering, I'm just wondering if they're if that's something they're they're Question. going to do. Which let's face it, if they think they're going to make the playoffs, it would be smart to add a player like that. No one will get excited about. Yeah. No one will get excited about, but a lunch pail type of guy that's going to come in and work hard and, you know, practice hard and and be competent and and on on the field. Interesting. I mean, I I don't know who that would be, but um, I think there is still a little bit of time for them to add a free agent. Uh, The the transfer window has closed. The international transfer window, window has closed. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, well, look, let's let's close out the show here with just our predictions this weekend. See, uh, Dallas Welk is back home. There's a red out on Saturday, and they welcome San Jose. And San Jose is a team definitely in the midst of uh, you know the transition with an interim head coach, but also a team that uh, can do some damage. You know, that can surprise you. That has some quality. So it's going to be a, a tough match. Uh, but of course. Uh, Got to get the three points at this point in the season, right? Got to get the three points. Yeah. I like to see what the team can do with, uh, you know, legit getting a full a full week of practice in. Mm-hmm. I think, like I said, I'm excited. I think I think we can get three points. I don't think it's going to be easy. But at home, you got to get those three points. I don't care how they do it. I don't care if they get it on a PK. Just get it. I mean, San Jose hasn't. One is a game in five. Um, they're winless in five. And I am no less nervous because this team is a team with a ton of talent in the attack, especially Obobese, who's really on a, an amazing season. 
And then when you consider that they've brought in a couple of players in the summer transfer window that might make their debut, might not, who knows. I just, they also have their keeper who just got injured. Marcinkowski is not available, was not available against Austin. I don't know if he'll be able to play against FC Dallas. I'm still not, I still haven't relieved myself of this nervousness. I think, I think they should win. I think they need to win. I'm not going to make a prediction. I don't want to. Yeah. Well, I, I think we'll feel better if they go out there and perform, you know, like they used to perform at home where they come in and just dominate. And I think that would make us feel better. But I think we're all expecting a, you know, fight to the death, <laughs> trying, to, trying to close out the game with a win at the end. So, I mean, that's, like I said, yeah, it's hard. It'd be hard to predict, but I'm hopeful that the team will, will put themselves in a position to win. Well, uh, I'm I'm thinking a two nothing win. I think it's time FC Dallas gets kind of things back where they need to be comfortable, solid. Two nothing win. Goal from Jesus. Goal from Ariola, and uh, one assist from Sebastian Leggett, and then we get going. We get going. All right. Well, let's right. let's leave it there tonight. Um, thankful thanks to everybody who joined us. So, great comments and questions. Some good some good banter a little bit there and. Uh, we'll be back next week, of course, same time. And we want you to check out BigDSoccer.com uh, to read some of the stories that we post up. I'm going to try to put together an article about my impressions of Coach Kaw, getting to interview him here and there over the course of the season. I'm hoping to get that out this week. Um, yeah, any uh, other comments? I, I just want to add that I'm concerned because the attack will be missing their, their, their uh, weekend savior in, in Chara won't be there to – score yeah. goals against San Jose for us. So. Yeah. The legend, FC Dallas legend. legend. We should ask him to come put the, yeah. the, the scarf on, on Lamar Hunt. Yeah. I, it, it really could not have happened to a better player. That Absolutely. That, it, it was better than if uh, – I say it, maybe I'm wrong, but I think it's it was better than if an FC Dallas player like had just scored it because that just gave me so much internal happiness. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. All right, well, good night, everybody. Good night, guys. Good night.